Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. This evening, my host, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? I'm peachy. Just peachy. peachy. Yeah, just so you know, I had to leave the Super Bowl just to be here tonight. Oh, what dedication. That is dedication. Especially when the, the Steelers, Steelers were starting to bring it back. Oh. Did they score yet? They're down by, they were down by four. Oh, my. When I left. So, I mean, they're starting to make it into a game now. Oh, it's about time. Yeah. You know, people pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> so how was your week? My week was busy, actually. Just and, and just work, my day job stuff. So looking forward to, uh, yeah, it's not going to be any easier this next week, is it? No. Eh, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> how was yours? It was great. It was great. Um, uh, last weekend, obviously, you know, people who were here, and you know that um, I was in Florida, uh, for the ADAP Crisis Summit, which we're going to uh, speak about during tonight's show. But um, I was down there uh, for the weekend due to, um, you know, the, the huge waiting list that is down uh, in Florida. And I actually just put um, uh, the current numbers of ADAP as of February 3rd. Um, there's over 6,000. There's 6,001 people, um, individuals in 10 states that are living with HIV who are on these ADAP waiting lists. Um, the lists are in the chat room for people that are, um, in the chat room can see that. If you're not in the chat room, uh, real quick, I can tell you that, um, well, let's do this first. Let's explain exactly what ADAPT is, and then we'll kind of get into ADAPT? that. So, so, so um, the weekend was great. Um, it was great activism to see people, to meet people. I got to meet Mark S. King. Um, Christopher Myron was there. I got to meet uh, condom-worthy Sherry Lewis. Which was <gasps> Did like, you? It was like such a bonus. Yeah, she called me. Uh, Mark picked me up at the airport, and we went out to lunch together. And on the way back, Mark was taking me to his house. And on the way back, Sherry called in. He's like, oh, what are you all doing this weekend? She just happened to have been in Florida uh, visiting her mother. And she ended up coming up, spending the weekend at Mark's house. And I got to see her all weekend. Oh, wow. So it was wow. really cool to meet her because, you know what I mean? Like, me, you know, you interview somebody, but meeting her face-to-face and somebody like, you know, condom woman, condom-worthy Sherry, that's awesome. <laughs> and and is, she, is she condom-worthy? She was awesome. Yeah, she was. She was so great. We tried. I know really... that's how you just dodged the question. So was she? Was she <laughs> condom worthy? Of course, but in, in a weird, in a weird, un, um, sexual way. 
<laughs> no, but she was great. She's exactly um, the way she was on the radio show. And when you read her blog, she comes across very friendly, very funny, and, and quirky. It was just a great time getting to meet her. And it was oh, just good. like it was a big surprise. So it was really, really, really nice to, to see her um, and do that. But, you know, that it was all fun, but we were there for, like, a, a serious issue. We were there because of the ever-growing ADAPT waiting list. And like we said a little bit earlier, that there's over 6,000 people who are, are living in the U.S. who are on um, ADAPT. And what ADAPT is is an AIDS drug assistance program, and it is um, a federal state program designed to give people living with HIV and AIDS who are underinsured or uninsured and can't afford their medication, their medications. And the people who um, fund this program are the um, – where is my note at? The it people who fund it, it's, it's, the, the, it's the funded government. by the federal government and supplemented yes. by the states. Yes, and also funded by um, parts of the pharmaceutical companies as well. In, a, in, in well. form of a rebate, yeah. Right, yeah, which is basically just more profits for them. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. So that's Pretty what we were there to do to take care of this because people are on the, the waiting list not able to get their meds, and I don't think anybody should be – um, denied their medications, and I do see um, the caller. We'll bring that person on. And, um, you know, nobody should be denied medications, whether you have cancer, HIV, or AIDS, whether you have diabetes, whatever it is, you should not, you know, not be able to get medications that are going to save your life. Nobody deserves to sit there and be like, oh, well, you don't have money, so we're just going to let you die. And I think that's, that's horrific that, that people are doing that, you know, that are on these lists, that they're just sitting there waiting and waiting and, and um, one of the big things they talked about the summit was that there are 6,000 people who are on the list now, but there's also that invisible waiting list, um, the list of people who don't want to even be bothered applying for ADAP because the list is so long they fear that they're never going to get their medications anyway. So, you know, with that invisible waiting list, it kind of really, from all the states, goes to probably, I would say, closer to probably 10,000 people who aren't getting the meds because they can't afford it and they don't want to go on um, you know, the waiting list. It's a horrible yeah. thing. I mean, because there, there's people in your um, state that are on waiting lists. Am I correct, right, North we Carolina? We have about 114 or so. It was last year, if you remember, correct, if you remember, we were having our similar um, AIDS dap. Uh, AIDS dap. God. <laughs> got daddy on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I got daddy dab on the brain. <laughs> and every time I think of Daddy, I I touch myself in inappropriate places. But you know what? That's a whole other night, a whole other show. Um, but uh, <laughs> God, um, I'm looking at the chat room and I see Dab, and then I'm like AIDS Dab, and oh whatever. Anyway, last year we were having a similar crisis where um, we had a growing list, uh, waiting list, and it was about half of actually got topped out at about 2,300 people. And um, then finally the state legislature was able to find the money and we were able to fund it. Now we still have 114 um, way down, but the, the, the message is quite clear. Call your representatives, both federal and, and local, get on the phone and call them and tell them that you need them to support ADAP, that 
it, it is so important and it is so vital to to survival for many of these people. Um, and any one of us, any one of us who are, and I'm lucky, I, I'm a lucky person because um, we have, uh, where was I going with this? Um, I, I work, I have insurance. Now the issue, now what happens when, if I do get laid off, where I can't afford, afford my insurance, then I'm going to have to figure out how to pay for my meds. And All of us could be in this situation. Yeah, every one of us can be in this situation. Every single one of us. Um, so I, I think it's it benefits us all to pick up that phone and um, and call. No, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, like I said, we're going to be taking calls all hour. We actually have somebody on the line now, so let's go ahead and, and, and bring them on. We're going to be discussing ADAPT and the crisis um, that happened in Florida, but exactly what is going around in the United States and how it is, so, like you said earlier, Jeremy, so vital that everybody picks up that phone and calls their representative. So um, area code uh, 941, uh, you're on the line. Robert, Jeremy, right. it's Danny once again. Hey, Danny, Hi, Danny how, how are, are you? you? I am one of those misfortunate Floridians. Were you um, at... You were you were not at the summit, right? Went in Fort Lauderdale. No, 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 no. I couldn't get scholarship. I would have come if I had scholarship, but I can't. I can't be, you know, riding all around. You know, I I wanted to be there because I wanted to hear what was going on. But um, there were a couple people from my advisory board, and I'm the co-chair. Hello, um, and I'll hear about it on Tuesday. I hope they're there. But um, ADAP. Uh, cut. It used to be when it, when I started with ADAP, it was at least four pages of meds, and it cut down to a page and a half. So I can't get anything for my wasting syndrome. I can't get anything for my no psych meds, no antidepressants, none of that. It's just it's just cut 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 to hell. So are you currently on ADAP right now? Yes. Yes. And okay, I get so antiretroviral. Okay, I'm so sorry. you get your answer. So you're saying that they cut the other type of, um, let's say, treatment that we needed that was on ADAP, which you were saying, the wasting syndrome and, and things of that nature. So, so how was your application? Like, how were you lucky enough to not get added to the list? When were you put on ADAP in Florida? Well, I am way ahead of the, way ahead of the uh, schedule, and I, I have my um, – Stuff together. I was going to say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I have it all together with all my paperwork. All my, huh? I have it all ready beforehand. And so you went down there and you had no problem getting uh, approved for ADAP when you did this. When did you apply for it? Was it recently or was it a couple years ago? No. Here where I am is it's every six months you have to go and recertify and take all your shit. And you know you got to paperwork out of everywhere and uh, I haven't worked since 2008 so my income is not nil but um, so were you at risk at, at being one of those people that were in Florida that were receiving ADAP that could have been kicked off 
if um, basically this summit and, and the people in Florida didn't make any uh, noise or any kind of um, band-aid for this? Would you have lost your medications? No, fortunately not, because my lady at the health department is like, Daniel, you got to come in here. you got to sign some papers. She, that's what she says to me on my voicemail. I'm like, oh, shit, I better get in there. So she because, keeps you in line then. She keeps you in order. Yeah, yeah because the, my doctor's office is uh, going to hell in a cheap handbag. It's all, it's all it, Everything's falling apart, and I'm like, why don't you let me be a case manager? I know what I have to do. I know the whole thing, but um, I can't because it's a conflict of interest because I'm a client, blah, blah, blah. But all these people at my doctor's office, you know, they, they wheel in, they walk in with walkers, they do all this stuff, and I just sit there and think, oh, there before the grace of God go I, you know what I mean? Because it's only a matter of time. I'm going to be there, but not not today. <laughs> well, that's good, Danny. Did you have any other comment about the ADEPT before we went ahead and let you go? Uh, hold on. Yes. What Jeremy, are you there? Yeah, hello, Jeremy. Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> I can't help it. You know that. Um, <laughs> do you have the statistics by state, or did you just do the Florida yeah. ADAP? No, I have yep. them by state. What? What's Florida? Where are we? Uh, currently, right now, Florida has uh, 3,000. You know what? Um Danny, I'm going to go ahead and let you go and, and finish this off there since I got some feedback coming back from you. So you can listen to this um, in, in the chat room or live. Uh, right now, Florida has uh, 3,085 people. That's over half of the 6,000 people that are on the waiting list. Um, Arkansas has 27. <clears throat> Georgia has 920 people. Louisa, 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 Louisiana <laughs> has 645. Montana has 19. North Carolina has 114, Ohio has 390, South Carolina has 386, Virginia has 412, and Wyoming has three. Um, so that's 6,001 6, people that are, like we said, on this waiting list and unable to get the treatment that they need to live a quote-unquote normal life. You know, this is the problem that we have because as activists, we go out there and we tell people, Go out there, get tested, know your status, seek treatment. It's important for you to get on your medications and, and to take care of the virus early. But then, you know, we tell them to do all this so they're healthy, they're productive, and they're like, as we said, quote, unquote, normal. But then they go and they, we can't treat them right away. They need to go on a waiting list. And, and this is a problem. We can't tell people to go get treated and then not have the treatment for them. That's absolutely right. Like here in North Carolina, um, I think all they are covering are the um, HIV meds. Mm -hmm. Anything else um, isn't isn't covered, right? So all those all that prophylactic stuff that 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 we need to fight the the side effects that are caused by these other meds. Like, for example, I have my A triplet, and I'm looking actually I'm looking at my meds right now because they're right in front of me because I'll be taking them in about a half an hour. Um. I have my Neurotin for the neuropathy. Oh, and I have my Cymbalta over here for for the for the crazies I get because of the Atripla. So you know, if if I were on ADAP, I wouldn't be able to get those other meds. So 
here in North Carolina. Now, that's not to say that that's everywhere in you know where it's where it's affected, but but certainly here in um, in North Carolina, that's true. But um, but so so tell us a little bit more about the 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 trip, Robert. It was it was it was really really cool. Like I said, the meeting the activists and coming down there to to really. Uh, get this message to the local area out to the news outlets. It was picked up a couple places uh, locally, a couple bloggers. Um, Mark S. King did a fabulous blog. Um, his blog is called uh, MyFabulousDisease.com. Uh, go check out his his fabulous blog and then also his great video that he did about the ADAPT, which, Jeremy, um, you know, I shared with you a little earlier today. And the video was, it, it was hilarious. I mean, it, it, it told the point, it got it 101, basically told you what ADAPT was and how you can make a difference and, you know, how to dial and speak to your, your people when you're calling them your elected officials and the importance of lobbying and, and writing letters and things of that nature. But what Mark did was there was an instance where we kind of broke out into a little bit of ruckus and um, we were talking about the prices of the pharmaceutical companies charging for drugs and how expensive it is and, and how a lot of people, you know, and including partial myself, feel that, you know, these pharmaceutical companies are making all this money and we're here not able to receive our meds. They could do a little, you know, uh, adjustment in the price. I think it's outrageous. I think I was reading that a regimen um, for somebody like myself or you, Jeremy, living in the United States that would cost us $12,000 would only cost somebody in Africa $64. Right, and see, and, and that's why I feel that um, that we need to get on the bandwagon of um, getting more generics, or actually get generics um, in, in in the United States, because a lot of the generics that are going out to the to the other countries, or, or a lot of the meds that are going out to other countries, are the are the generic forms of these of these meds. So why can't we do the same thing here in the United States? It's always been a big issue. It's for me, and and it's just I don't want to get on my soapbox too too soon. I mean, it's only 17 minutes into the show, but um, but you know what I think the the pharmaceutical companies are doing is great because certainly you know. They're the ones who are putting all the money in, in re, into the research and development of these medications. I, I get that. I understand all of that. I understand capitalism. I, I get that. But there are people dying, <laughs> literally dying, because they can't get to these medications. And we need, you know, healthcare shouldn't be for the people who can afford it. Healthcare should be for everybody, and this goes for anything. Just like you were saying, Robert, you know, cancer, um, thrush, you know, a common cold. Everybody should be have the ability to get to it, and and it, it just it drives me bonkers that you know we we do. And, and insurance companies do this all the time, right? So with insurance companies, they take a look at you and they actually have a um, they have a formula to figure out how much you're going to cost them. And it, it, it's just, it drives me nuts. It, it's, oh, it drives me crazy. 
I can go on. No, I totally understand. No, I could go on forever, too. And it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Hey, we have um, area code 240. Should we bring this person on? Yes, yes. Let's go ahead. Okay. We're bringing 240 on. Hi. My name is George Montgomery. I actually watched the the video that y'all were talking about. Um, and I made a comment on the man who spoke about the the price differences between drugs here in the U.S. and and drugs in the in the in you know developing countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a three month tour in the U.K. Um, telling my personal story, and had the privilege of being with um, a a young man from Zambia or Zimbabwe, and a uh, lady from Zambia. Um, and I think the important thing that the man failed to mention when he was comparing these two these two prices is that the drugs that they're getting in the developing world are drugs that we wouldn't use here anymore because of the side effects. So you it, it's really like comparing apple to oranges. You you really can't make that that determination of, with prices, um, especially if they're medications that we no longer even use here in the U.S. Um, so I think that's a a big thing that that needs to be brought up when you're looking at the at the prices. Good point. I didn't know that. I mean, um, the 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 young lady um, was pregnant, and she was mentioning, you know, when she first went on drugs, um, she was like a lot of people, ignorant to to the side effects. Um, and one of the drugs that she got placed on um, had been known to cause permanent permanent um, paralyzation from your waist down. Now, how many people over here are going to pay even $64 for a bottle of that medication? Right. No, that makes total sense. I was, so I did not know about that, that they actually use different medications. I, I assume they were the same kind or generic. No, they, um, they, as of right now, because, um, the patent pool is not, you know, only has, as of, you know, September, October of last year, only had one patent in, um, which was placed in by um, NIH here in the U.S., um, they're not getting the generic drugs that they need. They're not getting the, the child-friendly formulas that they need. Um, you know, in, in developing countries, they're, they're losing a, a mortality rate of a million children a year from HIV and AIDS-related complications because they don't have the medications that they need. Um, so I think that's one of the things that when when we're looking into to talking about, you know, one of the reasons of the crisis is I think one of the things that isn't talked about here in the U.S. like it is in, in other countries is the development and of the patent pool. Um, because if we can get pharmaceutical companies to commit to putting their patents in the pool, it will not only help them, you know, reach reach markets that they wouldn't otherwise reach, um, we'd actually be saving millions of lives a year, but we don't talk about that for some reason here in the U.S. Well, that's, yeah, that's because the that's because the almighty dollar speaks speaks much louder. But see, that's the thing is that I think people fail to realize um, is that you know with the patent pool, every time a, a pharmaceutical company or or a generic maker would pull their patent out, that's extra money that would be going into their business that they wouldn't otherwise be getting. So it is a, a, a an additional revenue stream for these pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, but it's not near as it's not near as lucrative as holding the patent. Because and, and, if you and, hold the patent, then you hold you hold the formula. If you hold the formula, that's where the money is. 
and which is then your which then is your margins true. are far far bigger. Which which is absolutely true. Um, but I think they you know when you look at what can come out of the patent pool, um, we would then be able to you know they'd have more money for research and development which means that we would be able to have even better drugs and we would be able to to work on combinations, which as of now we can't get because the patents are being held by individual companies. Right. So the market is that there was, and the, the profit margin would actually increase for these companies. You know, that it, was my, I remember seeing a, a video on Facebook um, about the patent pool and how important it was for us to, you know, have all those patents in that pool together so they could make, you know, generic drugs and be able to offer the best solution because for all we know, you know, the answer to everything could be held in those things if they were mixed together. But since we don't have, like you said, the formula, we're kind of, you know, SOL. Exactly. No, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate you calling in. I really, That's a lot of good points you there. I didn't know about the, the medications that we send are ones that are ones that we wouldn't even give our own people here. So I think that's kind of screwed up as well. Well, and there's another side to that also, is that in in Africa, it's a different strain of the virus. I mean, it's a different type. We have exactly. we here have, what is it? Oh, what is it? It's HIV. Are we HIV-2? Over I here. always get them mixed up. We we have one or two. We have one or two on what we don't have, they have. <laughs> yeah, I think they, I think we have HIV-1. And they have HIV two, which is a different, which is very different altogether, and it's, and it's also very. It, so that you would have to take twice as many drugs if you were if you had both, because you can get both types. So, right. I, I think that's also part of the you know that's the flip side of that coin is that they're two different, the two different viruses. So. Right. Right. All right, well, so, cool. Uh, your name was George, George thanks right? for calling in. Yes, my name was George. All right, George, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Bye-bye. All righty, then. And remember, folks, you guys can give us a call all hour. We're here. we still got about 35 minutes left, 347-215-9442, uh, or post your questions in the chat room. Um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Mark King's going to call in since I see him in the chat room. I'd like to hear his experience since it was his first, you know, ADAPT experience, and I think that would be kind of cool. No pressure, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Or even Dab. Dab, she called. Ooh, we have another caller in, 937. Should we bring him on? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, ooh, hold on. I'm getting over there. I'm getting over there. I'm hitting it. I'm hitting it. Ooh, area code 937, you're on the line. You're on the air with Robert and Jeremy. Hey there, Robert and Jeremy. Uh, hey. The last uh, comment the gentleman made that's a little bit deceptive because if you go back, uh, Brazil solved this problem and they broke the patents. And we, the United States went after them for breaking the patents, but they actually stopped the, you know, the increase in HIV infection in their country. And you know what people don't also don't realize is most of the research is being done on college campuses, state-funded college campuses, and they just go in and buy the patent. So this excuse that they are, all the money they got invested in research is bull. Take a look at their bottom line, see what they spend on advertising, and then you'll find out where the money's going for the drug companies. You know, I've been in this for a long time. This is Lonnie, and I, I, hey, 
they don't pull that bull on me. I've, I've been there. I know. I've seen. I've been in Africa. The same damn pills I take. There's no difference. Yes, there is HIV-1 and HIV-2, but they're in both countries. Interesting. And I mean, it Hello. comes down to one. Yeah, that's me, Robert. This comes down to oh, one yeah. thing. I, well, I'm, I really aggravates me to hear people make excuses for these drug companies. I mean, I'm sorry. When we had polio in this country, we didn't think for the first place, the first thing about breaking the patent laws to make sure they was treated. But yet, because we are marginalized, you know, it's the part of the community they like to disregard, you know, that isn't there. You know, they're using all these lies, and that's all it is, is lies. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. Why does it cost us $28,000 a year to treat us? You know, get real. I mean, these companies are making tons and tons of money, you know, and they can't hide that. If they're a public exchange uh, company, all you have to do is go on and look, and that tells you where their monies go. And, it, you know, and I'm sorry. I mean, I know everybody thinks we should bow down and kiss their feet, but all they give me out is an ink pen and an ink pad, you know, I, that doesn't impress me. I mean, we there's no reason for this disease to continue. You know, I really just, I mean, and if we continue our companies like this to take advantage of our country, I think there's something wrong. You know, I mean, that's how I see it. I'm sorry. No, hey, that's fine, Lonnie. You know, everyone has different opinions, and I think it's great. You know, that's what we're here to to hear what everybody's about. And I see a lot of people in the chat room agreeing with you. So, you know, obviously you you don't share that opinion alone. So um, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yep. All right, you guys take care. Thanks, Lonnie. Bye, and we have another caller, area code 954. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Mark King calling from South Florida. Who? Hey, Mr. King. <laughs> Who is this? Hi, how y'all doing? Hi, hi. Who's this again? Who's on the line? <laughs> uh, this is Mark King and my fabulous disease. Mark King and my fabulous disease. You know, that name sounds really... I Weren't know. You... Okay. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, no, 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 no. I know who it is. I know who this is. You're the one that won the car on The Price is Right. Yes, yes. Yay! Yes, Come on down. Well, You're the next getting contestant. to the topic at hand, you oh, were oh, asking I'm, about I'm this, that's okay, <laughs> this, this ADAP thing, and, and, I'll, yes. and I'll tell you what I learned from this attending this conference. First of all, it was a terrific experience. I'm glad I got to be there in a room with people who are so passionate from around the country about serving their clients. There were a lot of caregivers there, just case managers, and people that worked at AIDS agencies that just wanted to see their clients served better. And, and that was very inspiring to be in that group. But more to the point of the conference, um, um, I, I, I was disappointed that there weren't more decision makers there. It's as if we were being educated about the issue, which I found very helpful, but there was nobody in the room really that had the authority to really do, it's not like, you know, there was somebody from, you know, these the, these state agencies or governmental agencies that really could have done something, It was which left us as advocates to do the only things that we could do, and that was advocate on behalf of our clients, and that's kind of why I chose to do, you know, to make the point of that video how do you very simply break down how to have a voice about this? Because I hear a lot of frustration. We're all frustrated. You know, why do the pharmaceuticals make all this money and why can't this be resolved and all that kind of stuff? And, and the truth is a lot of times it comes down to what our policymakers, what our, our uh, elected officials are willing to do on our behalf 
to put roadblocks up in front of the pharmaceuticals, to to put funding in the hands of uh, the states so that they can fund ADAP. I mean, and a lot of times I I bellyache a lot, but I'll tell you what I can count on the I can count on one hand the times that I have picked up the phone and called my state my 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 U.S. Congressperson or U.S. Senator and said, "Hello, my name is Mark King, and I'm a voter." And this is right. what I I believe you should fund ADAP, or I believe you should, you know, whatever. I used to do it a lot more, to tell you the truth, back in the old days, um, but uh, but not so much lately. And um, and it's a very powerful thing. And so, yeah, that was kind of the point of that that video was just to explain to people how just one step, one, two, three. This is how you do it, you know, just to to have a voice with your lawmakers. It's very gratifying. It feels great. They're usually very polite. <laughs> you know, and and uh, I don't I don't think it should be discounted. I think that it is a very real, tangible thing to uh, to uh, get on the phone and let people know what we think. So so let me ask you this, Mark. Why do you think that you you stopped? Why did I stop? Yeah. Why um, did you stop? Well, making those calls. Uh, you know, I think that I, st- I think I stopped just for the same reason that we all kind of slowed down, and that was we kind of got into a period where there was a lot of good news. You know, protease inhibitors came along. We entered that kind of decade-long period where um, AIDS activism as a whole has kind of calmed down, and because we weren't in the, the kind of we weren't in the kind of you know funerals every weekend crisis that we were in the 80s. And we were so relieved, and I don't know, but activists like me, because I've been around since the early 80s, I, I think we were just exhausted. And uh, and I don't know. It, it, it's, it's funny because you should ask that because I do believe this ADAP crisis has had some positive effects, and one of them has been it has gotten people riled up in an activist sort of this has got to stop, this is terrible, people are dying sort of way. And and uh, as bad as this is, I, I I think it's terrific that it has uh, kind of reignited um, a sense of of, uh, of immediacy mm-hmm. that we have been lacking in the last few years in terms of our own AIDS advocacy. Do you think that this is maybe a turning point in some of the complacency? That oh, I don't know. It's too soon to tell. Mm-hmm. It's too soon to tell. Um, I think that that certainly for service providers and people who work in aid service, and, and certainly I live in Florida where it's the worst, where up until a couple of days ago they were going to run out of money completely until the new budget kicked in in April. We were going to have six weeks where nobody on the list, even those that were that were being covered, were going to get their drugs. So that was that was kind of like high alert here in Florida, and they managed to – to cobble together a uh, you know a an agreement so that these people are going to get their drugs, you know the people that are participating in the program, but I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I don't think that we will ever see the kind of uh, we'll never see what it was like in the 80s again. We just we won't because it will never be. By we I mean, I got to be careful here. By we I mean <laughs> largely gay white men. Mm-hmm. Who experienced what I, as a gay white man, experienced in the 80s? That's not to say there aren't other communities who are getting angrier right now because of their own pressures to do with HIV. Mm-hmm. So let me let me ask one final question, and then um, and we'll go on. Uh, 
yeah. is with the with all of the pub- publicity of of waiting lists and and you know things like this, you know, there's no money for aid after, you know, the big headlines when we start looking at them all. And do you think that that possibly could have a negative effect on people getting tested? You know, um, I don't, you know, that's interesting. Somebody, I've heard that talked about. I don't know that people are thinking that far ahead. (laughs) You know, I don't think they, I think that, I don't know that they're thinking, gee, I don't want to get an HIV test because what if I test positive and I need drugs that I can't afford because I hear that ADAP list has got a waiting list now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're thinking. Uh, first of all, I don't think anybody knows what the hell ADAP is, you know, except for those of us who are a little more informed and are keeping track of this. I think that the average um, sexually active young person on the street who needs an HIV test has no idea what we're talking about right now. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so important that those of us who do know what we're talking about make these calls, get involved with their local agency, find out how they can help to make sure that this doesn't happen anymore. This is a drop in the well, – you know, I, I have mixed feelings about the whole pharmaceutical thing. I'm a capitalist. I understand how that works, et cetera. I have mixed feelings. I certainly understand the feelings on all sides. But what I don't understand is how our government cannot just fund, put the money – put enough money in the ADAP program so that this doesn't happen, that these waiting lists don't happen anymore. That does that does piss me off. Um, and I'm going to let you go because I think people in the waiting room are dropping like flies. They're tired of hearing me talk, and you need to get somebody more interesting on the phone. <laughs> All right, Mark, you have a great night in your video. Hey, Robert, it was man. so wonderful to meet you in person. I find you a very inspiring young man. Oh, well, I appreciate that, and hopefully I'll be coming down there um, in a few weeks, and we can uh, film that soccer video together. Oh, that would be great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a good time, and, and thanks a lot. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye, Mark. <laughs> and Mark was, was he's funny as hell, and, and the video is great. Go to um, Mark King's uh, blog at uh, Um He's a blogger for the body, and um, if you're on Pause I Am, he posts his videos there, too, so you can check him out. But definitely go check out his blog, MyFabulousDisease.com. Um, we do have another caller, so let me go ahead and bring this caller on. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Kevin from New York. Hey, Kevin, hey, Kevin from, New York. from New York. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Hey, yeah, no, I wish I had made it down to the uh, summit last week, but uh, thanks for going and coming back and reporting it. Uh, it was interesting to see all the Facebook updates. But, you know, I, I do I have some opinions about this program and you know even though I'm in New York and there's no waiting list here and I was very fortunate to get onto my state's um, ADAP list you know there's still Mm -hmm. reason for me to like look up who my U.S. senators are you know and call them and 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 discuss my you know my points of view and 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 tell them you you know you don't want this to happen in our state you know learn the mistakes that are being made by other states, you know. The one thing right. that, like, really, um, you know, it's really uncertain to me is, yes, this is a fund- federally funded program. So these funds are handed down from the federal government to the states. So 
how is it like proportionate you know how are these funds distributed state by state you know and if wyoming is sitting there with a surplus of 20 million dollars in adap funding and florida's in the hole by 10 and what in colorado sitting there with 5 million like you don't we don't know this you know why aren't these why aren't these states helping out you know why aren't we helping out these other states it's not our tax you know payers it's a federally funded program. And then I think, you know, geez, this funding and this program came from, like, Ryan White, you know. It was a Ryan White federally funded program in the beginning. And you still have these case managers at these ASOs calling themselves Ryan White case managers when Ryan White is not, it's not Ryan White funding anymore. It's totally been taken over by the federal government. And, like, to think that his legacy is being, like, you know, it's just it's just sad. You know, it's sad. That's my no, totally opinion and my high horse. But <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you, well, you're lucky enough because, like I said, you being in New York, um, one of um, uh, one of the other uh, people who was at the event was Christopher Myron, and he's been on the show before. And he lives up in New York, and he was talking about how he wasn't eligible for ADAPT. Um, Due to a, like a small margin amount of money, I forget if it was like fifty bucks or five hundred bucks to right. over like the poverty level. And for me, that's just ridiculous. And, and ridiculous. you know, the poor guy was working two jobs and, and busting his hump just to get his medications to survive. And you know, somebody like ourselves shouldn't be busting our humps working two, three jobs. You know, because yeah. you know we're sick. You know, we can't we can't deal with the amount of stress and. and all that kind of movement and everything like that. We get tired easy. We get, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, it's, just, it's not good for us to be doing all of that on our plate. It's so much stress on us. And I know for me, time from time to time, I have to take a break and I have to step back and go, I just need to take the day off the computer and not deal with it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think it's important that, you know, you do call your representatives and let them know how important it is to continue to fund the aid after your state. Yeah, and, you know, Mark, I loved Mark's video. It made me laugh. It was funny, and uh, everyone should watch it. And the only uh, point I would make to back it up is to anyone listening, you can just go to ussenate.gov, and in the upper right-hand corner you can type in your you can type in your state, and it will tell you exactly who your two state representatives are So, and, your, and their contact information. So it's pretty there you easy. go. Well, that works. Thanks for calling right. me, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. All righty, then. That was um, a good run of show. Remember, you guys can reach us here at the show at 347-215-9442. Uh, call in with a question or voice your opinion about ADAPT. What are your feelings? And Sorry, Jeremy. The, did I... And just one quick point I wanted to just to just make for, for the, our listeners is that ADAPT and Ryan White are two different um, services. So you have the Ryan White Care Act, and then you have the A Drug Assistance Program. They are different from each other. So, um, but you know, I, I think I think what has happened and what needs to happen continually is we have to go with the pocketbook, right? Um, because for the most part, and, and I want to go kind of touch back on what Mark was was talking about. Also, is is the you, you've got you've got our our elected officials, and our elected officials are out there raising funds, and they they fundraise. And who are they fundraising from? 
Anyone? Anyone? What? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're, they're looking for funds, especially our Republican um, uh, representatives are, are usually funded through big business. And part of the big business is is the pharmaceutical companies. Pharmaceutical, and as with all companies, it, just like you know the oil industry, pharmaceutical companies, you know they have a bad rap. However, we have to get them to to narrow their margins and maybe also um, throw some money in and help fund some of these programs. Not just by rebates. You know, I'm sorry, but rebates do nothing but actually literally put money where their mouth is. Help help out the people that need it. Now, some companies like Gilead and Bristol-Myers Squibb and some of those companies do offer um, patients, patient assistance programs where a patient can go to get a hold of the company uh, or the pharma- pharmaceutical company directly and work out with them on how to get their meds, you know, at little to no cost. So, I think that if we can, if if we were able to expand that kind of um, that that kind of program and get the pharmaceutical companies to help foot some of this bill, I, I think it would be great. So we have somebody else who's calling in from area code nine hundred four. Do you want to bring them on? Yeah, go ahead, area code nine hundred four. You're on the air. Yes, Daddy Dab. How's everybody hey. doing? Hey, Daddy. Hey. Okay, I'll be good. I'm good. (laughs) Well, okay, and and, and you're right. Pharmaceutical companies do need to be doing more, but I think it's important, and one of the things that was brought up, there were representatives from all of the HIV pharmaceutical companies at this conference, and all of them are now participating in the patient assistance program. In fact, we were told by at least two of the companies that even if people get denied the first time they apply for patient assistance programs, to appeal the denial, and more than 90% of the time, people will still get accepted. So right now, from what I'm hearing on a national level and in Florida, 99% of people are getting their medication. The problem is, as a community, we are not doing our part. We are not calling our representatives. We are not writing letters. We are not doing marches on Washington. When we do AIDS Watch in a few days, we'll only have 400 people show up, where we used to have 5,000. Wait a minute, Dad, what is AIDS Watch? Can you tell our listeners what that is? Yes, AIDS Watch is a National Association of People with AIDS does an event every year. For a week, activists, uh, caregivers, and people that are empathetic to people living with HIV go to Washington, D.C. and meet with their representatives on the Hill. We lobby for Ryan White funding. We lobby for ADAP. Uh, we lobby for everything that's needed for our community, and we lobby to end stigma. But the downside is, when we did these years ago, thousands of people would show up. And the past four or five years when I go, you're doing good if you get 400. 
Now, why, why do you think that that has changed so drastically? Do you think because of the advancements well, in medicine? or I, I think it's a couple of things. Number one, you have to remember, I'm from day one when it was called GRID. It wasn't even called HIV. And most of us knew that sooner or later we were going to die. So there was more of an urgency. There was more of a, well, even if I'm going to die, I want to make sure the person coming up behind me may not have to. I think we have become apathetic. I think we have become comfortable in the fact that fewer people die every year, although even in the States, I know I lose friends every single year, either due to long-term effects from HIV, long-term effects of HIV medications, combination of the two. Um, It's very disheartening. Uh, We don't have enough younger people, and that's one of the reasons we started Ambassadors of Hope at that Bear project 10 years ago, was to get younger people like you and Christopher Myron and Janine and the next generation involved to become active, to learn or to show you all what we had done so that when we're no longer around, you all can carry the torch. No, and I think that's why, you know, Dad, that's why so many people draw to you and, and Dad the AIDS Fair is because you, no matter what's going on and, and, and you know, of all the situation of what you've been through, I mean, you're coming up on 30 years um, of living with HIV, which I'm really excited about because you're going to be on the show in two weeks and you're going to talk about, you know, what that's been like for you because for me, I've been around for 10 years with the disease, but for somebody who's newly diagnosed here, somebody who's been living with the disease for 30 years, it's inspiring. And I think that that's why people are drawn to you, because through all the storms that you're going through, you're still standing up and sharing and putting a piece of you and your heart out there, and that's really what draws people to you. So I think that, you know, you know how much I, I love you, and I think that you're amazing. Well, I appreciate that. It's people, I, I, I hear from people, it's like, how can you still be doing this after 30 years? And when you've lost people you loved, when you've lost your goddaughter, when you've lost over 10,000 friends, I would be dishonoring their sacrifices, their lives, and their deaths if I wasn't still out there fighting not only for long-term survivors, but for everyone in our community and doing everything we can to prevent people from becoming positive. Mm. Very, very true. Something that Mark had on his video, one of the best websites people can go to is votesmart.org. All you have to do is put in your address, and not only does it give you your congresspeople, but it also gives you your state representatives. Because not only do you need to contact the people in D.C., you need to contact people in your state capital. Because they also control how much funding goes into your health budget. And part of the health budget is HIV and AIDS, uh, awareness, education, prevention, and care. And it makes it very easy. A lot of people are scared they're actually going to talk to the representative. Well, 99.9% of the time, that's not going to be the case. You're going to get a college graduate who is an aide, who they answer the telephone, they take down your information, ask if you're a constituent, 
and then they do a little check mark toward what you call the bowels. It's also very important to write a personal letter. I realize we're in the 21st century and everybody's Facebooks and emails, <laughs> and, and making a call is great. But believe it or not, what gets the most attention is a handwritten letter. You will almost always get a reply from your representative when you do a handwritten letter. Well, it, it shows that you care about it and you've taken the time to actually put it on paper in pen and ink. Right. Right. Yeah. And don't Absolutely. forget to call your friends and ask them to call. I mean, it doesn't have to just be people dealing with HIV and AIDS. I enlist a lot of my friends who are positive. They know I am because you basically had to hide under a rock the past three decades because everybody in my life knows I am. If you're my friend on Facebook or MySpace, it's at least half of what I post, if not three quarters. Um, you're positive? <laughs> please. I, if I got any more positive, I'd be negative. <laughs> But, but that's the most important thing people can do is use your voice because there's an old saying from the very beginning of HIV that silence equals death, and that's just as valid today as it was then. If we don't use our voice and and we don't stand up for what we need, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Right. You're absolutely right. I won't I won't go on and on because people will have to listen to me in a couple weeks. But I just wanted to thank you all for everything that you do. And wish thank you, you for everything success. that you do. And I'll talk just, to you all soon. All right. All right, Dad. You have a great night. You too, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. And remember, folks, you can find more information on Dad at DadTheHBearProject.com. Um which was awesome because he was there at the summit with his bears, and you know people came up and they you can buy the bears I, I believe online for fifteen and twenty dollars, and and it's just great, um, it's just a great way to do something different. And a lot of people you see on Facebook um, do the do you know their photos, their profile photos with the bear, and they change it up a lot. And um, I actually have an idea that I want to run by Dab um, before he comes on the show next week or two weeks, so we can make an announcement on air, but I have a really cool project I think maybe we could kind of do together to have fun about, you know, your uh, dad's the AIDS bear. So we'll talk about that later. But anyway, do you realize that we have five minutes? We're, we're down to our last five minutes? Holy hoodoos, really? Yeah. That was fast. Wow. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for everybody who called in. Uh, but there's, there's, <laughs> thanks, everybody. <laughs> but we are down to our last three, five minutes. There was and a, it, a group of oh, – go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that – this whole show has obviously sparked, you know, there's so much so much passion that that we all feel about this particular issue. And I and I and I'm reading the, the commentary that's going on in the in the in the chat room. And I and I do want to stand I, I, I do want to um go on and, and just say that I, I need to make a correction um in, in that Ryan White and ADAP. ADAP is funded is is funded via part 
B of the Ryan White Care Act, and I think it's Part B, Title One or Title Three or something like that. So, um, so it, it's so it, it's part of, but it's 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 got to come through Ryan White to get to ADAP. But but your state is what decides how much they want and how much of the pie that they get. So it's it's convoluted. It's it's just a lot of bureaucracy, and it, it just needs to be cleaned up a lot. So anyway, I just wanted to just wanted to throw that out there. No, no, it totally makes um, total sense. You know, one of the most I think powerful um, panels that they had there speaking during the event um, was the ones where they had the ADAP grassroots advocacy training, and they had. Uh, Joey Wynn was up there, Christine Campbell, Larry Bryan, and, and Joey uh, Terrell um, were there, and they were from the organizations that, you know, Housing Works, AIDS Care Foundation, and Broward House, and they were up there talking about things that we can do. And the three things that they brought up that we can do is, one, we can do, um, you know, call your elected officials, um, lobbying, political street activism, things like that, they need to be brought back. And one of the things that I think that I brought up is why are we not holding the pharmaceutical companies responsible at all? Everybody wants to go lobby to D.C., and that's fine because it's important and it needs to be done. But I also think that we should also be out in front of pharmaceutical companies friggin' flash mobbing or, you know, picketing or something, letting them know that, yeah, they're a part of the solution by coming and sitting in the ADAP Advocacy Association Summit, but there has to be more done. And us as activists need to raise our voice because when we raise our voice, that's how we make change. And if we have to, you know, push people to change, that's fine. If we have to make people feel uncomfortable because it's the right thing to do in, in the world that we live in, that's what we need to do as activists. And I think that that's my final message. <laughs> no, and, and you're absolutely right. We, we have to get out there and get back into people's faces. You know, that's back in the day. Exactly. Hey, we have another caller. Five one six is wanting to talk to us. So you want to bring him on? Yes. Five one six, you're on the air. Hey, it's Christopher Myron. Hey, Christopher Myron. Wait to (laughs) wait to wait to the last literal minute. I actually put put it in earlier, but whatever. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to. So you left the summit. How was it? Oh, it was interesting to say the least, but I just wanted to go along really quick with what you just were saying, uh, Robert, about, uh, you know, talking about holding these pharmaceutical companies responsible. I mean, people need to understand that these PAP programs, uh, patient assistance programs, they could be taken from us at any time. It's not like they're forced to do it. So even when you can't uh, get ADAP or anything like that, that, you know, we, we I know people already said that, you know, we'll never be back to the 1980s, but it can happen where we will have no access to our drugs. And then that's when people will start being like, oh, my God, AIDS is a big issue again. And then people are going to start advocating. And then all of a sudden, you know, the problem will get fixed, and then we'll be right back to where we are tonight. So we, we really need, especially people my own age, to get involved in this, like Dad was saying. You know, we can't have the people that have been fighting since the 80s to do this forever. I mean, you know, that's life. We don't live forever. So I'm trying, right. I'm just trying to plug in to get people my own age to start calling no, the state senators because even some – I come from New York, and, yeah, we're funded right now with ADAP, but, again, if, if they feel they don't need it, 
they're going to use the money elsewhere for something totally unrelated. And then, lo and behold, we'll be on a waiting list. And that's all I have to say. Right. That's right. Well, thanks for calling in, Christopher. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Christopher, I actually I hung out with him most of the weekend, him and Mark um, and Sherry. And it, it was just really great to see him. At the end, he got up and he said something. And we made a good point that people his age, people under the age of 30, need to stand up and start putting themselves out there and, and being the voice that needs to change. And, and I think it's great that we have people like him who are already doing it and want to lead that force and be that leader. So kudos to Christopher. Absolutely. Well, hey, we're down to our last 15 seconds. So um, it's been a great show, everybody. Yes, and next week we'll be joined by Nate Clarefield. We'll talk about HIV cruises. You can oh, wonderful. set yourself up for that. And then the week after that, we'll be speaking with Daddy Dab as him and Dab the AIDS Bear celebrates 30 years. So that's very, very exciting to have. And you can find more information on Jeremy at PositivelySpeaking.com and more information on myself and the show at PositiveIM.com. We're not streaming have a great night. What'd you say? We're not on anymore. No, we're on. Oh, okay. It streams live until I hang up. So now everybody's going to Oh, excellent. Okay. I didn't know <laughs> have that. Have a great night. Have a good, <laughs> good night, night, everybody. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.